0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm
2: not here to sit and make excuses. We're playing the World Cup for Australia. Um, we have to be ready. We
1: have to be better than that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Menes. I'm joined by my co-host, Gav Joshi. Gav As we record this, Australia have slumped to zero and two in the World Cup, coming off an absolute spanking by South Africa. I said weeks ago that the Australian team had to be wary that they had a tough start and it has come true, hasn't it?
2: Absolutely. The other thing you were very conscious of and you made a big statement about maybe two or three weeks ago was you said that the Australian fielding hasn't been up to the mark and Yes, we're going to have to talk about that as well, because five or six drop catches, a few fumbles here and there. But look, we're surrounded by black. If you're in the, you know, your background is black. I'm wearing a black shirt. You're wearing a black shirt. It's not quite there for Australian cricket yet, but it, we've addressed it on this podcast. It's a tough start, you know, and they've still got Sri Lanka to come. But And wow. then
1: Pakistan, we could be zero and four. Um <laughs> So, so uh, you know, we're going to wrap up the game, but, you know, I think a lot of listeners and viewers will be expecting me to go full Mad Menace and I'm on the verge of just teeing off because this is one big disaster so far, but there are seven games left and I'd love to think that we can turn it around, uh, you know, uh, I'm critical of a lot of things, but there's a lot of talent in the squad. I really hope they can turn it around. I don't think it's going to happen, but I am on the verge of losing my mind. Um, Just to give you an example of what triggered me, this morning uh, Tim Payne was doing his radio show, Gab, and he was asked by his co hosts if he thought Justin Langham was sacked too early. And Tim Payne's response was, I don't have an opinion, Gav, that to me is a yes. He's too afraid to say it. Uh, You know, that to me just indicates that Australian cricket had gone wrong a couple of years ago.
2: Look, you can argue with that. At the end of the day, you want a happy change room, and clearly under JL, there wasn't a happy change room. It's moved on. That chapter's moved on. Um, what we need to talk about is the, is the game matters. I understand okay. you're your, your fuming, and let, let it settle. Let it settle. Turn right, I matches. have to let it settle. All right, let's, yeah, let's two get two into. It. Yeah, you know, your your biggest childhood hero, Steve War, and um, he turned around in the '99 World Cup. So let's let's not just sort of say this all hope is lost, but certainly have to turn it around quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks very bleak, but you're right. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I'm I'm that close to losing it, but I haven't snapped yet. All right, so let's get into the match. So, firstly, uh, big changes at the toss. Australia announced that they had dropped Alex Carey and put in mm. Josh Inglis. They also dropped Cameron Green and brought in Marcus Stoinis. Now, let's go through them individually, Gav. I don't uh. mind Inglis coming into the side, but it does reek of hitting the panic button you should be pretty confident in your first-choice wiki keeper at the start of a World Cup, and clearly they weren't.
2: Yeah, it, it, it staggered me. I, I thought you said panic button. I mean, we've seen him play, but you know, a couple of his outings, I think he got, he, he's got been opening the batting as well um, in some of the warm-up gatch, uh, matches as well. So that, I thought it was a bit strange. Also, that the fact that I actually like, Australia having a left-hander in the middle. I mean, tactically, and if you're looking for this Australian team, they're looking for a lot of matchups as well. That Pat Cummins is is from what I've heard is that sort of character who goes and does a lot of research, goes looks for these matchups. So it it, it was absolutely staggering for Alex Carey. And what does that say to the team when Alex Carey, who you know is pretty much, I think he has been a vice captain um of yes, australia really. so so having him drop we saw what happened in that first test in india when travis head got dropped you know and we, we know there was a bit of um not all the players were happy that travis got dropped because he's a senior player again alex Carey's is one of the leaders in this team if we're to go by that uh from what we've been told so oh look i was absolutely staggered to see alex if it happened another two games but fine but unless there was an injury or something which we haven't heard of, um, I was absolutely staggered. Although, but but at uh, our good friend, the journalist over there, he did put out a tweet after training. He said, "The way Alex Carey sort of batted and just stopped and sort of sat on the, uh, an esky and looked out for you know like a dejected figure in almost in a way that almost the writing was on the wall for him."
1: Yes, and, and what frustrates me about that decision is it indicates poor planning and having no real certainty about what your best team going into the World Cup is. And and you're right, that is going to put tremors through the whole team now because it, no one will feel secure. And, yeah, so first um, bit of um, the, the red lights went off there. I don't mind Green being dropped for Stoyness. I think Stoinis yep. uh, potentially wait, has more upside wait.
2: Which, which begs the question, and I, I didn't have Cameron Green in my World Cup squad. I mean, if he's not your six, he's not your seven, he's not your, maybe not your five, he can't bat in the top three uh, because perhaps we've seen this uh, in the last couple of days even coming out with this new management that they're going to rest players and recovery is so important. He's not going to be able to bat th- at, at three and play the whole game. They, don't, they won't risk him. So which begs the question, what is Cameron Green, according to me, doing in that squad? Um, anyway, going back to Wicket Keeper, I'm going to stick another one in. Bring back yes. Matty Wade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said it first. I don't, you're the only person in Australia, I think, who said that. And, you know, I'm a big Matty Wade fan. So Australia won the toss and they elected to field. So um, a good decision by um, Pat Cummins, I think. And then... Then it was the dangerous, the, the problem started for Australia. South Africa put on 108 for the first wicket. Australia dropped Temba Bavuma three times. Zampa dropped a difficult one at deep third, didn't get near it. And I, I do want to point this out, and I'm not having a go at Zampa, but he doesn't offer a lot in the field. And this has been a consistent thing for him. He's not a, a terrible fader, fielder, but he's not, a gr- he's not a great fielder either. And so he's not bowling well, he's not fielding well. He's not there for his batting, but he's not having a great start. Um, So then Inglis dropped Bavuma off Zampa, which was a very tough chance, a huge deviation. You you can't expect a keeper to take it. Uh, Man, Men as
2: one could argue that Australians were trying to keep Bavuma out there.
1: (laughs) That's what I thought because the big hitters would have come. And then Abbott dropped Bavuma in the outfield that you'd expect him to catch. That was when Bavuma was on 31. Eventually, he was dismissed for 35. South Africa were one for 108. The drop chances continued. Cummins dropped a diff. Well, actually not. I mean, all caught and bowls are difficult. But the one he dropped off Ada Markham when he was on one, you'd expect most bowlers to take that, Mm. wouldn't you, Gav? Yeah, it's
2: probably when teams are doing well, they're running on confidence, they take those catches when, uh, you know, when there's a little bit going on in your mind or you're not high with confidence. It, these things just happen men It's just not in cricket. But I say, you know, like you go on a holiday somewhere and you're like, oh, I wonder what the weather's going to be. But when things are going good in your life, the, the sun's always shining. It's one of those kind of moments.
1: Exactly. A Stark dropped Miller off Cummins not long after. And then in the 49th over, Stoyner dropped Janssen. So that's six drop catches. There was also a couple of misfields. Very concerning, Gav. Australia has always prided itself on being excellent fielders. And I know it is inarguable. They have been doing less fielding training since Andrew McDonald took over. There are numerous quotes. I'm not saying they're, they're bludges or they're not working hard at all, but they are training a lot less and we are seeing the results in the field. It is You cannot argue against it.
2: Is that what triggered you to uh, sort of almost make that point maybe three or four weeks ago? I think it was during the, before even the South Africa series when you said, I think it was in August, where you said, no, I have concerns for Australia's fielding. What made you
1: say that? Because it, a lot of players have said that training now is a lot more optional than it ever has been. Mm, that's Donald true. lets the lets the players run the show now, and yeah. players don't like fielding training because it's bloody hard work. You know, gone to the days when you had Bob Simpson running play fiel- fielders from side to side on the outfield practicing high catches. I would be curious when the last time was. They did a proper full-on intense fielding session and they, you know, they're obsessed now with workload management, keeping fresh, you know, that's what happens when you put a fast bowler skipper. And my other thing is I don't think there's enough responsibility being put on the captain. I think Cummins is leading sort of by committee. And when you lead by committee, no one takes the final responsibility. George Bailey should have said to Steve Smith, your captain Your reputation is going to live or die by this cup. Here's your chance. Go and prove something. Be the leader we need. Or Mitch Marsh, even anybody.
2: Well, uh, while I was watching the game, I was just having a bit of a WhatsApp conversation with a couple of former Indian cricketers, and they were astounded. They're saying, why isn't Steve Smith captaining this team? One of them was commentating at the indoor test match, uh, where Steve, Steve Smith's captaincy basically won Australia, you know. Played an integral part in Australia winning that test match with the fields he set, the tempo he was they allowed the game to run when he brought his team back. I think he and he, uh, he felt that, uh, you know, Steve Smith understands subcontinent play better than any other player. Um, mm. So, uh, and because he's a good player of spin bowling, he understands angles, and, and that's where he thought, well, that's one of the reasons. Forget what's happening in the dressing room, yes, but. Tactically, as well, I think, and I think Smithy loves it. I think Smithy loves captaining the team and thinking that
1: about the game. Absolutely. So I think that's a problem when you, you have this kind of captaincy by committee, then no one's really in the gun and uh, you get these sort of substandard results. I also think it actually disrespects the sanctity of the Australian captaincy position and the sanctity of a world cup. We have never gone into a major tournament with a captain with this little experience in any format. He's not even captain 10, 50 over games. I think it's, Total domestic and international. So you're telling me that's not taking things for granted, and then you get things start to go a bit pear-shaped, and we really struggle. So let's go through the bowling for Australia um, against South Africa. Stark nine overs, two for fifty-three. First thing, Gav, why is Stark only bowling nine overs? And huh. actually, if you come the, and well, get his maths wrong because well, you're asking him to bowl as well, George Bailey well, and Andrew McDonald. <laughs> Go well, on, is on. is that inexperienced?
2: Because I remember when Aaron yes. Finch took yes. took over in the T Twenty captaincy. I remember there was a T Twenty against India at the Gabba, and he got it got it wrong, and he later admitted his the you know I think it was a depressor or a, where he said, oh, actually, I did my numbers wrong. So, but you know, after that, Finch's. And but my thing with the Australian bowling is, were they trying to get the South Africans batters out, or were they waiting for the South African batters to make a mistake. I think it was the latter. I mean, mm. uh, you know, Mitch Stark was swinging the ball. I would have given him another over. Yes, Glenn Maxwell bowled well, really Zampa, well.
1: Zampa bowled, Zampa bowled an over in the last 10. He went 10 overs, one for 70. Why wasn't that over given to Stark? Um, uh, like- I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still. You know, I know Maxwell bowled well, and, and you know
2: he matches up well against Quinton de Kock. But I, I, for Zampa, who's lost confidence, and to me, I don't think Zampa's bowled badly as such. He's not, you know. But the thing is, there's just a lot of confidence there. I, I, I just with, with Zampa. Now, I don't think that's you know somebody's job to just go, maybe, hey, mate, you know, you you are our primary spinner, power play's over, you get the eleventh over and have a go and have an attack. And I just just think. We might see that against uh, Sri Lanka in the next game, but I think it just needs to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so Hazelwood continuing through the figures nine overs, one for 60. So he didn't complete his 10. Maxwell Baldwell, 10 overs, two for 34. Mm-hmm. Cummins nine overs one for 71 uh, conceded almost eight and over yet again our least performing fast bowler yet he's the captain so he, you know you're asking him to lead the side through a tournament he still it, Cummins doesn't look the same to me since the Ashes he still looks emotionally tired he didn't look himself in that game he didn't look happy and uh, we're asking too much of him and everyone laughs oh meners, get off Cummins back we are asking too much of one of our greatest players Zampa 10 overs one for 70 He mentioned that and and again, so you you speak about Cameron Green being in the side. There's no second spinner. So if Zampa really does come off the rails, we ain't got a spinner.
2: Well, Glenn Maxwell's probably a number one spinner in terms yeah. of the in terms of figures. Yeah, of course, Adam Zamper is. But um yeah, look, and I, I just I, you know you also that. Winning the toss and bowling first. I mean, look, I, I I'm not there, but from um, uh, you know, they they thought, and it was interesting comments that they felt that the ball did it quite a bit under lights to start off with when we come. So uh, I, as a you know, Australia, I think should all in in a crunch situation should bat first. I, I mean, I reckon you know, and I just I think there's that little bit of lost faith there, and we've we've seen it, Menace in those four one days in South Africa. Um, whenever South Africa went bat at first, I think they won by 100 runs every time. so yeah. yes you've got to take ground history into consideration but sometimes I feel like it's over-analyzed. The Australia's strength, especially this bowling team, is probably the ball first and, and the way the ball moved under lights it's you know it's gone, it's in hindsight now but I was a little bit surprised that Australia actually uh, didn't bat first yesterday.
1: Well the reports coming out of the ground are that the Jew came in a little later in the second yes. innings than it did in Australia's first game. And I do have some sympathy, though, for Cummins with this because, you yes. know, Australia batted first against India, had India three for two, and then mm. the Jew came in and kind of didn't help them. So I sort of get why they wanted to to bowl first. And But what jumped out to me, you know, South Africa finishing with seven for 311 was actually really good on that wicket. That wasn't a 350-400 nah. wicket. That was a 280-300 well, wicket and they well, went but, over.
2: Well, Babuma, I think, said that 280, 290 was a really good pass score, so he actually thought they were above par.
1: Yeah, man, Quinton de Kock, you know, i will be talking how badly Australia's played, but Quinton de Kock made a marvellous century, 109 of 106 deliveries. Adam Markram a beautiful 56 of 44, but that dropped return catch off Cummins was very costly. Then Klaassen, Miller, Marco Jansen all made contributions, but none of them really got away from Australia. So... Halfway through, when South Africa put posted three hundred eleven, I was ready to go to bed. I knew there was no chance we were getting them. How were you feeling? I I still thought because I,
2: I always had the dew factor, and given that South Africa did probably didn't bowl that well against Sri Lanka, I didn't think you know Janssen went for a few. I think it went for eighty odd or ninety, um, and, and so I just felt like it almost you got to suss the conditions out. I think that's the tricky part in Australia realising mm. that in India now, that, you know, some grounds, I don't know, the Wankete Stadium does it. Um, we saw it in Lucknow last night. Um, Chennai was probably more off the deck rather than in the air. But lights, some places, because... India is such a vast country. You know, up north Lucknow will have like a sunset probably 45 minutes earlier than you know, even an hour earlier than Chennai. So the twilight is at different times. So you have to t- check if the ball's going to do under light. And it's hard to judge. And I think you've got to not have a set game plan. I think you need to be just be wary. Um, and that's why I thought, you know, well, Mitch Marsh's job was that. Um, Warner, look, I mean... The other days he probably slashes that for four, but Australia probably had to do it even the old way um, on that pitch. But the problem of doing it in the old way, you know, is is the five, six, and seven. I think we've got no confidence in that. So well, I think I
1: mean they fell behind straight away. So Australia was none for twenty-seven in the sixth over. So you're lagging behind the run rate, which you don't want to do on that pitch. You want to sort of stay hmm. in touch. So Mitchell Marsh is the first to go, caught by Bavuma off Marco Jansen for seven. Um, So Australia was 27 uh, for one. Then we slumped to six for 70. Warner, you're right, slap one to cover for 13. Now, Steve Smith, LBW to Kigizo Rabada. A lot of speculation about this one. From the naked eye, it looked like it was umpire's call or missing leg, Mm. but then uh, Hawkeye had it slamming into leg stump and and Steve Smith had to go. Uh, Where do you sit on that decision? Watching it live, I thought they went up just
2: because purely it was Steve Smith and the, the way he was batting. He provided for two fours in the, that over, or the, the ball before at least, and they felt, okay, let's have a go. Um, when you zoom it down, you can just see while the angle's there, the ball does sort of hold its line, if I can call it that, little slightly. But I was yeah, perplexed. It did straighten. I, it did straighten, but I don't think it was hitting, like given you can see I mean, Steve Smith does play a long way back as well, but I, like I said, naked I said, worst comes to worst, it'll be an umpire's school. I didn't think it would be three minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah either did I. And then Josh Inglis, uh, who was batting at five, he got a bit of a peach from Kigizo Rabada. He was bowled for five. I, I do feel sorry for him, brought in, and that ball angled in and nipped away and took his stumps. And he, he gave the viewer a
2: holy eyes. Yeah, I think he's still, you know, like you know, some players are just not there at the international level. I think that ball... It was a good ball, but it just shows to me English is not quite ready for international cricket yet.
1: And I don't think we should have our wiki keeper batting five, whether it's Kerry or English. Um Glenn Maxwell caught and bold care macharaj for three, a nothing shot, just sort of spooned a Look, a loose I, I, drive.
2: I, I I as I put in my tweet, even against the Indian uh resurrecting any form of innings has never been glenn maxwell's strength i, I would even be tempted to have Stoinis ahead of him especially in this world cup Stoinis actually because if you look at the way Stoinis bats he, he probably goes dot 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 for a long time and then just goes Absolutely. four six so you spent a lot
1: of time at the top of the order, Stornis.
2: Yeah, somewhere. I would. I would have Stornis ahead. I still feel you look at that 2015 World Cup. Um, you know, every time Glenn Maxwell has done well for Australia, there's been no pressure for him to excel. Um, mm. I, I think it was under Justin Langer or Michael Clark where they said, "No, nah, you have at seven. Doesn't matter how you play." Well, that, and, that was Lehman. That was Lehman. That was Lehman, Lehman. Like, I beg your pardon. 2015 problem. World Cup. I beg your pardon. Yep, it was Darren Lehman. He said, "There's no pressure on you if you get out first ball. Doesn't matter." And I think Glenn Maxwell thrives on that. The minute you say you are got to construct an innings, I don't, it's, it, it, you know, I think there's a lot of sort of, Glenn Maxwell sees a lot of red.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the the final top-order player to go to make it six for seven, he was Marcus Stoinis, caught down the leg side by De off rabada He's another controversial one. <laughs> it appeared the glove, br- uh, yes. it appeared the ball brushed his glove, but the hand was off the bat handle. But the third umpire said that although his hand was off the bat handle it was slightly touching the other glove but on certain camera angles it didn't look like they were in contact so i do think stoyness was a bit unlucky and for once they actually made the decision very quickly i think they maybe rushed it yeah
2: quite possibly i mean ritual kettlebell is the third umpire he's one of the best in business so I, I like what Manus Lavishan said. He's like, you know, it, it for me. It was big, big pixelated on watching. I'm sure the third uh, umpire has, you know, high definition screens around him. He probably sees something that we can't. But uh, look, I think my eyes were, you know, uh, at about sort of one forty-five a.m. at that time. I've I was happy to uh, umpire to give it out and me to close my eyes and and, and, and then shut, shut
1: down the shop. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And sensibly from six for 70, Australia did play for net run rate because that's all that they could do and eventually were bowled out for 177, Stark made 27, Cummins 22, Labashane was out for 46 uh, of 74. He was the top scorer. For South Africa, Rabada, three for 33. He loves bowling against us. And then yep. the spinners, Maharaj and Shams, took two wickets each. So it was Australia's fourth loss in a row in the World Cup. They lost their last two games in 2019 and their first two games of this tournament. The first time that's ever happened to Australia in World Cup cricket. It was also the biggest loss ever by runs for Australia in the World Cup because they lost by 134 runs. And and last thing, Gav, on this match. I said to you Australia had to be cautious of their start of yep. this World Cup. Why weren't Bailey and McDonald aware of this? It was a tough start oh. for Australia. They needed to have their best team locked in. They needed to have their best players there. They couldn't be fart-assing around with Travis Head who's still in Adelaide or anything like that. They needed to be 100% focused on getting off to a good start, not this bullshit where they were like, oh, well, it's a long tournament. We've got to you know, peak at the right time doesn't matter if they peak at the end of the round stage if they've lost the first four games to me it was glib it was irrational it was stupid and we're being caught out and actually we're kind of a bit of a laughing stock at the moment yeah there's a couple of memes floating around on whatsapp and on social media today but
2: look uh, like i said menace like hold off that mad menace for now it's it's two games in i'm 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 still (laughs) You know, we still got Sri Lanka and Pakistan and who knows that all four, like that game, I think on 2nd of November against England, could be a bit of a knockout matches yeah. uh, match. But look, you're right. I, I just right. think Australia
1: yeah. can't afford to yeah. lose. They can maybe lose one more game and sneak in. But even then, you know, you've got yeah. three teams already, you know, sort of going yeah. away on two, you know, there's four teams with two wins now. So, yes, we're yeah. it's, a lo- it, it,
2: it's a long way, but you're, you're right. Like uh, I, you know, you got to question the bit of lack of planning. Like if Agar wasn't fit, what was
1: the backup option? This would never until? have happened on Langer. Never, ever, ever. I'm sorry. He was, uh, you know, he got sacked because he cared too much. That's the way Australian cricket's got now. He cared too much about the team and they sacked him. Oh,
2: well, that chap chapter's finished, man. So. Nope, never, <laughs> it's never
1: finished. It's Never, ever finished. All right, let's take a quick break, Gav, and then we'll be back. I want to talk a bit about some other World Cup news and then wrap up the local scene. We'll be back in a moment.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Welcome back to the cricket unfiltered podcast. I'm man. I'm with Gab, we've just wrapped up Australia's loss to South Africa. And let's just look at some of the other world cup actions since our last show. Um, India. England and Pakistan have all had convincing wins. Uh, I thought India's game against Afghanistan was a great performance by them, chasing down 273, which is two wickets down. at Sharma, 131 off 84 balls. He looks in good form, and that that should be a warning signs for the other teams because if Sharma has a good World Cup, India will be hard to stop.
2: Yeah, most hundreds are equal. Tendulkar's most... Uh... Hundreds at a World Cup, phenomenal, and he just came out and just absolutely slaughtered the Afghanistan bowling. It seems like if you want some runs, Delhi's the place to bat at the moment because there's plenty of runs, a small ground, and uh, but look, I, I thought, but on a flat pitch, I think Munir's performance again exceptional. Uh, I mean, he, he was, he's too good. He's proving to you know why? he's the best. I think you know. One-day bowler, T20 bowler in the world, and in any in setting India. Um, but the, the the innings that really caught my eye was Mohammed Rizwan. Um, I, I thought that was a fantastic innings. Pakistan. So
1: that was Pakistan. Days. So Pakistan chased down 345 against Sri Lanka. Mm. Abdullah Shafiq made 113, and as you indicate, Mohammed Rizwan 131 not out. You're right. That was that was a phenomenal performance by. Um, Pakistan. It just shows how far we are from them. I mean, they uh, they didn't make three forty five look easy, but they they were under control. Oh, they yeah, uh, uh, just the way.
2: Like, and and you know, I was watching that till p- pretty late in the night, and it just felt like when they needed a boundary, Rizwan w- was able to hit a boundary. I really like. We saw Abdullah Shafiqi. You know, he, he's played a few tests now. He he just looks so com. He's so well suited to those those conditions as well. A little bit staggered, like you know, everyone was talking about uh, Pathirana, the 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 clone of Malinga,
1: the uh, Piranha it, from Sri Lanka. Patirana, the, I love him. Patir- yes, but but call I yes, calling the pirana because he just eats wickets.
2: <laughs> well, he's eating them at a very high cost at the moment. We certainly did that that night. I think, I think he went for ninety um, in his sort of eight or nine overs. He was hammered everywhere. But I I thought Sri Lankan opening bowlers were quite good, uh, I think. But just, you know, he wasn't up to it. Um, Full credit, I I thought Pakistan was not going to chase that down. Uh, They they, they don't have a great record chasing uh, over 300. Uh, Baba Razam out early. Um, I don't think – I think Pakistan bowling doesn't look that good on paper. I think, you know, they're really feeling the loss of um, – Nazim Shah. Shah, yep. So, um Big match, big test for them against India
1: on Saturday night. How big that's? How big is that going to be, Gav? I mean, the, you know, it's an arm and a bat, isn't it? So it could have one hundred and thirty-five thousand oh. people. They, that this is another uh, BCCI special. There was no opening ceremony for the World Cup, but they do have an opening ceremony ceremony for this game. Oh, That's it's going to be massive! I can't well, wait. I,
2: they're, they're, they reckon like you know, basically the ICC or the broadcasters—they're going to make all their revenue just out of that one game. So, for the rest of the games, nobody watches. menez I think everyone's still getting a bit of profit. But yeah, they're they're having Bollywood um, uh, stars there. They're going to have some, you know, uh, India's most notorious one of notorious singers. He's going to be performing, and this has come out of nowhere. You know, there's tickets going on. event's going to start like nice and early, so. I think uh, best time to drive around India might be on a a Saturday
1: (laughs) afternoon. Exactly. In the last game um, between the last podcast, England smashed Bangladesh. England made nine for 364 and then bowled Bangladesh out for 227. So, England bounced back after their first up loss to New Zealand. Dawid Milan, 140 of 107 deliveries, batted excellently for England. And Reese topley bold well, taking four for mm. 43. So that was a bit more of the England one-day side we're used to.
2: Yeah, I think Reese Topley made a big difference. In it, in, you know, up front. We've seen left arm seamers. I mean, even Marco Jansen um, having a big impact, Mitchell Stark always does. Um, so I think, you know, that left arm, if you've got that option, you've got to use it. Not not as Dibbly Dobbler like Sam Curran, but it, you know Topley is really come on. Dave Milan outstanding. Um, Dharamshala's out. outfield still a bit sandy, but that was um, the, English, the Pons were having to winch about it, but um, the, look, they they got away. I think the challenge and one of the uh, Ben Stokes is apparently back and batting as well, so I think he might he might play in the next game too.
1: It's not good enough to have an outfield like that, though, in an ICC tournament, is it, Gav? I mean, players shouldn't be concerned about diving in a sandy outfield. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think, and it's so hard. I was listening to Johnny Besto, and he he said, when your instincts to go and stop the ball, you know, you, it's not that
1: great. Like you 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 might go injure yourself. So Absolutely, unfortunately, because if you're used to doing that over and over in every other game you play, you just dive before you realise, and then you might do your knee.
2: Yeah, and I think teams are going to be aware. There's still, you know, two or three matches at Durham-Shala. I think people need to be aware of that. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe if the outfield's like that, the Aussies won't be fielding there.
1: <laughs> it won't matter if they stuff it up. <laughs> um, all right. Now, that left the points table. So South Africa are now on top of the World Cup table with two wins. New Zealand, again, with two wins on second spot. India, third spot on two wins. Pakistan, fourth spot on two wins. Then England a fifth spot, Bangladesh a sixth spot with their one win. Then Sri Lanka, Netherlands, Australia are second from bottom with a woeful net run rate minus one point eight four six, and that is a concern. If Australia does get close to that top four, we, we our net run rate is so bad that could be the difference.
2: It could be. Uh, look, uh, you know, last World Cup was like that, and I like this format. I, I you know, a bit against people saying should other teams should be there, but. You've got you got to need to qualify. Even Sri Lanka had to qualify. Ten teams. You know, I think it's going to be tight to see which team. So net run rate is going to be mighty. Uh, you know, but it's it's, it's going to decide. Your, yeah, it's going to decide your faith possibly in getting through a semi final or not.
1: Definitely. All right, so that is the World Cup action. Just turning our attention briefly to the local scene, the Australian women's team one nil up in their one-day international series versus the West Indies. They're looking very good after winning the T20 Series 2-1. The second game was washed out, so the worst they can do is draw that series, but Australia looks a much classier 50 overside than the West Indies, a little bit closer together in the T20 game. But what I'm really excited about, Gav, is the WBBL starts next week in Sydney, North Sydney Oval. There's a game and then uh, we get a sort of a great run of high-quality women's T20 cricket. So mm. I'm going to try and get out to a lot of the games in Sydney because, you know, it's fantastic. And uh, the, the best way to cover the tournament is to get out there and see some of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that should be good as well. Uh, but look, right now, I mean, it's going to be interesting because it's still a lot of games are in prime time. I think that's great. I think that's going to – and now we're truly in the cricket sort of festival in Australia. Um, uh, this is where I think having games on prime free-to-way television is just going to help uh, even further.
1: Oh, absolutely in the tv ratings for the wbbl are mm. outstanding so it is a terrific tournament and glad it's starting it often seems to correspond with you know men's world cups last year was the t20 world yeah. cup this is the 50 over world cup but we're going to do our best on the podcast to cover it um you know it won't be in depth but as i said i want to get out there to games and give you the the flavors and the, the taste of the tournament um because i just love it um and finally, Gav, uh, so when we recorded our last show, you and I were heading into the commentary box for the March one day cut. Well, we ended up getting an early mark because uh, Western Australia demolished Victoria, bowling them out for 107. So we got to see some great bowling by Jai Richardson, uh, Jason Berendorf, Lance Morris, um, some terrific stuff there. But the the real highlight was the other game. So New South yeah. Wales, who were coming off a shocking year last year and desperate for any win they can get. Uh, were bowled out for 217 against Queensland at North Sydney Oval. But then they reduced um, Queensland to nine down for 154 and seemingly tied up the win. But Gurinder Sandu and Kane Richardson put Mm. on the highest ever Marsh One Day Cup last week at partnership of 73 to win the game. It was quite, quite extraordinary.
2: Quite handy players lower down the order. We were on air talking about it during the Shield match, which ended up being a draw as well. How important lower order batting is these days. And, well, I'm going to bring it back to the World Cup, and I mean, you five, six and seven aren't even performing. Good luck down the bottom.
1: <laughs> so um, Queensland with a miracle win in the Marsh One Day Cup. Highlights are online if you want to see it. All right, Gav, let's just wrap it up with Can't Let It Go. Now, last episode, you... You put up the old stop sign for can't let it go. You said you oh. had something in the in the in the pocket that you wanted to save. What have you got for us? Well,
2: uh, let me just save that because I saw something else. I was staggered. You talked about the Australian <laughs> women's uh cricketers. I mean, they were putting covers on Miners when it rained. Come on, sure Where well, was this discuss- Allen Border Field? Uh I believe it was. so, yes. Uh, I can't believe it. I mean, good on the girls. Full credit to the girls. Hats off, you know. But come on, they're ground staff. Surely there's more than two out there. And it's the Australian national women's team, maybe some of the journalists. Uh, if they offered you and I,
1: wouldn't, wouldn't we go and do it? Well, I might, I but what? I'm a bit of a sucker for anything cricket-related. But you, you make a great point. I mean, what if one of the players gets injured, uh, it, it, it's not their job. Um, so you're right. Good point. That was, I think, the second game that was rained out. You saw the the women's plays yep. bringing them on. Incredible stuff. Uh, my Thank can't you. let it. My can't let it go. Is we, we've 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 knocked. We've lost an a ap- podcast opponent. So we should be celebrating. Although maybe not. But Gideon Hay has left the Australian as a columnist. So that means one of our competitors, cricket, etc. I don't know if there's a future for it. I mean, I love Pete Lawler and Gideon Hay, but bang, there goes a, you know, opposing podcast. So the download should go up. Um, I, you know, Gideon and Pete have been great to me. And Pete, you know, I taught Pete how to cricket podcast when I was at News Limited. So not that I deserve credit, but I'm going to take it. Um, but yeah, one one down. There's a few other podcasts I've got in the gun. You know, there's another podcast where Brad Haddon is on it. And if you listen to it, you'll know the one I'm talking about. If you just play a drinking game where you have a sip of a drink every time Haddon drops in a cricket cliché like need more intensity, I guarantee your liver will explode within a couple of episodes. Um, We we look forward to having Brad Haddon on this podcast. Yeah, I love Haddon. Um, He can bring his clichés here whenever he likes. Um, But, Gav, so um, but uh, quite seriously, Pete and Gideon are great. Um, I did listen to it, so I'm sorry the podcast has ended. But, you know, more listeners for us, I guess.
2: I hope so, Minnes. You're doing a remarkable job, man. Australia lose another game.
1: Mad Minners. Well, geez, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've actually really helped keep me calm today. I think it's <laughs> been a solo episode. It would have been, you know, Ashes circa 2023. 20, um, yeah, anyway. All right, listeners. Well, look, uh, Gab's off to Japan next week. So we'll catch up with you uh, the week after next when you're back. Hopefully by then Australia have got a couple of wins and the tournament's not over for the local fans. Um, and listeners, um, I'll be back next week. I've got James Baisley returning. Uh, I've got, I've got a, a couple of guests to help me wrap up Australia's games against Sri Lanka and Pakistan. So, Gav, take care. Enjoy Japan and we'll catch up soon. Uh, will do, Minus.
0: This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.